like to call a wheel slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey guys, welcome back to the pod. I'm just going to get right into it because these men on Atlanta are just crossing a few lines for me. First of all, Todd, where, where, where is this coming from? Where's this condo in New Jersey coming from? Just get over the condo in New Jersey. No one wants to go to New Jersey, to the condo, to the, why are the tiles in the kitchen like, like a bathroom sink or like a bathtub and like a, like a public, like a subway bathroom tile? No one wants to go to the condo. You're biting the hand that feeds you, Todd. If you don't want to be married to Candy, I will. I also love that she completely ignored him when he's like complaining about it. She's like, huh? And then the therapy session with Ralph where he said that Drew deserved a Lunchable. I wanted to throw myself through the screen. And the fact that the therapist didn't even say like, this isn't appropriate conversation. Like this isn't productive. This isn't necessary. You're being unkind, you're being cruel and you're just being like stubborn. Like how is he watching this behavior and just letting it go? And then not only does he not call him out for it, he defends him. He's like, well, don't you feel like you kind of like bummed him out by not like, like by bringing up your feelings at this dinner like i'm sorry what what kind of a therapist would say that like where the fuck did you go to school all she said it flashback to what she said at the dinner and she was like i just don't want to go through these extreme highs and lows anymore and he like got pissed off at that that like set him off he was like oh just eat your fucking steak and lobster like what and then the therapist is like if you fight with him he can like have sex with you a million times or something it's like sir where is this i feel like this is not the solution and women should also not have men as their marriage therapists. I feel like that's just not the move. But I honestly, my heart breaks when I watch these scenes with Drew. Like when all she asked was like, can we please have some peace? And it set him off. It reminded me, I feel like I always talk about my past relationships on this podcast, but honestly, a lot of the stuff that happens in the show reminds me of it. But I had this partner that was really, it was super unhealthy, very abusive, and we were going on a vacation for a while and usually being around other people with like a group of people for like their birthday or something. And when we're around other people, it really like triggered them. I think it made them like more stressed. And like, if you've ever been with someone like this, you know, if they get stressed, it's just like a nightmare times a billion. So I was just like, Hey, could you just be nice to me on this vacation? Like, that's all, you know, I, I want, you know, nothing else. Just like be nice to me. And they were like, so pissed that I would even ask that they were so mad at me and offended. Like it was too big of an ask basically and I felt bad I was like I'm sorry you're right I don't know why I'm demanding perfection it's like you're not demanding perfection <laughs> you're asking someone to be nice to you for like seven days someone who like claims to love you too I don't know but I relate to Drew I totally get how she ended up in this position well I mean my ex was nowhere near Ralph's status Ralph's truly the most horrible human being I've ever witnessed on this show in real life doesn't matter he is a monster I hope she leaves him Oh, and I wasn't really getting the candy-coated knight's invite to the play. Like, loved it. Loved the titty tassels. But what does the play have to do with the panty vibrators? Like, I thought the play was serious. I thought it was about, like, I don't know, civil rights or something, like, heavier. And then she's, like, giving them all dildos. I love how Kenny was like, who has time to be putting on vibrating panties and roaming throughout the streets of New York? Like, I don't think you understand what people do with these panties, Kenya. Like, I don't think you put them on and walk through Central Park. I don't think that's what they're made for. That sounds like chafing. And I love when Marlo said she had sex with a zoo and a giraffe at the zoo and a giraffe licked her face. I believe, I honestly believed all of them. I believe the coyote and the blood story Kenya was telling. I didn't realize, it took me a while to catch on that they were all trying to win the contest and like exaggerate a sex story. So I was like, wait, Kenya, why were you having sex covered in like blood, uh, coyote blood? Like what? 
thoroughly believed in. And then Ralph saying he and Drew had sex in like open water with whales. The whole time I was like, wow, they do a lot of animal stuff. Also, they all kind of came for candy for having a big head. I don't agree. I feel like for being the most famous person, not only on this show, but like definitely above of the housewife world, she has like no ego. Like Luann had a bigger head after having like one cabaret show that like was reported about in like page six. So I don't, I feel like they're just, they, I feel like they just feel bad for Todd because he's such like a whiner and he's making himself out to be like such a fucking victim as if his life isn't like amazing. Oh, and then the dinner that it ended with, with Ralph, that was even worse than the therapy session. When Marlo says, shit, I'm staying single. I have never felt anything more. Like I will be single for a thousand years before I get back into something like that. And then Kenny being like, he's an asshole. And Marlo's saying, he is that. <laughs> he is that. And then I loved Kenny for actually speaking up for Drew because she said he reminds her so much of Mark. But then she turned on her. She was like, yeah, but you can be a bitch too. Like, what? You cannot draw that equivalent. First of all, who someone is in their like most intimate relationships, like their partnerships, their girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, husband that's not who they are with their friends like we aren't static we obviously change depending on like different power dynamics and whatever 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 so that's like a false equivalency i feel like and then marlo and sonia also being like well you're allowing this to happen to you blah 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 first of all i feel like i give this psa like every episode but i'm just gonna do it one more time people who are being abused or in abusive relationships they're in cycles like when she said i'm in a washing machine like she really meant it like you are in a cycle it's not just all bad if it were all bad then the decision to leave would be easy and people would leave you know and abuse wouldn't be as effective as it is like abuse isn't just like these like little patches it's also been used to like oppress women and black people and you know like it's abuse can be it's a tool and when that tool is being used against you it's really fucking hard like if you're being psychologically abused they have your brain by the balls like you just can't it's so different and it's so specific to each individual i feel like before i was in an abusive relationship i always looked at people and i wouldn't judge someone for staying but i would kind of think like i wonder why you don't go you know like you're really putting up with this every day and you don't don't just leave and it's because it's more complicated than that it's like tailor-made for you they like get you to trust them more than anyone in the world. They get to know your insecurities, your fears, your dreams, everything. And then they kind of exploit them and like use them against you. Whether it's conscious, unconscious, there's a million reasons and blah, blah, blah. And you can look into like the psychology behind it, but that's how it works. And so you're going through, like clearly Drew's being love bombed all the time and getting these these steak and lobster dinners and all this shit. And But then as soon as she wants to talk about anything real, any kind of feelings, it's thrown back in our face. So it's just, it's, unfair to criticize someone for staying quote unquote and allowing it to happen to them because that's just not the case and in my case like if I ever tried to get out of my relationships that were abusive it wasn't easy like abusive partners don't just let you go usually that's just not how it works like a lot of times abusive partners will threaten to kill themselves they'll threaten to kill you they'll threaten to hurt your kids crush your car steal something from you like they really do have you by the balls and um they keep you insecure and they keep you feeling bad about yourself so that you can always say like, well, it can't get better. Well, I don't deserve better. And like, blah, blah, blah. And that mindset doesn't get better when your friends are saying, yeah, well, you're weak and you're staying and you allow this and blah, blah, blah. So just don't say that stuff to anyone going through a relationship. Not that I don't think the six people listening to this podcast ever would, but just always be understanding. You don't know what someone's going through. He is the asshole in this situation. There is no denying that. Just a little PSA. 
Okay, so that was Atlanta. I wasn't even going to do this podcast, but then I saw that scene and I was like, I just have to bitch about this for a little bit. And then Beverly Hills. So we open back up with Dorit's trauma, very heavy stuff. I feel like Kyle's just talking shit when she brings up the Sutton thing, though. Like, I know she's like, I'm not trying to start stuff. I'm just merely relaying. And it's like, eh, you're trying to start shit. And then Erica complaining about not being able to resell her clothes because the trustees need money. Okay. Also, bless Crystal, but Diana does not know what an outlet is. She was not listening at all. I appreciated the recommendation, though. I'm going to go to this outlet the next time I'm in Palm Strings. I kind of like the Crystal-Diana buddy duo. I feel like I'm going to not like Diana eventually, but I like her right now. Crystal, I took. it's taking me a while to warm up to. I actually liked her more after watching her yell at these bitches at the end of the episode. But sometimes she comes across what the kids call, I'm going to sound a thousand years old, what the kids call a pick-me girl. And it's like, I feel like it's like, you know, what we called growing up, like, I don't know, like not a girl's girl. Well, no, she's a girl's girl. But she's like, she's one of those people who thinks like her personal, she's so down to her. She's so relatable. Like, isn't it crazy that she shops at outlets? Like, she doesn't spend her money on wasteful shit. She invests. Like, I don't know. I just feel like she's always like, that's just the type of girl I am. It's like, no one cares. You could go in your backyard and set your money on fire, Crystal. Nobody gives a shit. But I'm warming up to her. It was really fun to watch her yell at all of them. I feel like she was shit-faced, though, but we'll get to that. Oh, it broke my heart a little bit when Dorit was like, I doesn't make me happy to put my little outfits together anymore. It's like, oh, baby. And then Sutton talking about, like, well, I hate guns. I just can't handle guns. Well, there's a 99.9% chance that you vote Republican, so maybe stop doing that if you hate guns. Call me toxic, but I thought Teddy looked really good. I literally said out loud, that looks like a yassified Teddy. And then her name came up on the screen. I was like, oh my God, Teddy. I thought the color looked great. It's a shame that she still had her personality. Oh, and poor Shahida. Oh my gosh, the design, Kyle's design partner. When Kyle calls her on the drive to Palm Springs, Shahida literally is like, hello. You can hear how miserable she sounds. And then fucking Kyle just comes in last minute all the time and stresses everybody out. And she's like, oh, I'm just so stressed. She literally said that after like two minutes of being there. It's like, well, if you're stressed, probably the people who have been actually doing all the work are stressed too. She's just such an asshole. And like, who does that help? It's just like being a bad leader. She, she, I can't with Kyle. And then Diana looks genuinely scared going into a store. She was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. As if she was going to like an orgy, like an eyes wide shut party. Her face when she walked in the room, she was so nervous. It is kind of nuts though that she jumped from being like, like too poor to shop in stores and then so rich that she bypassed, like bypassing normal wealth even is insane. Like you're not even going into Chanel stores. You're literally having like Mr. Chanel or whatever. I don't know. Or Coco Chanel, whatever. Coco Chanel's a Nazi. Just throwing that out there. Oh, and Diana dragging Kyle's clothes and saying that there's something that she would even wear at home where no one sees her. (laughs) That was generous of her. And Lisa being like, oh, look at this nightdress. I don't think any of them really understand the smocks that Kyle makes. I don't, she, she doesn't even really wear them. I feel like earlier seasons, Kyle loved a good caftan, but we don't, caftan, but we don't really see her in them anymore. And then Kyle blesses her store like she's the Pope. That was interesting. And then when um, Erica's like, oh, somebody needs to buy this ring because she's somehow not humbled at all by this experience and still gives a shit about the dumbest things in the world. And Diana volunteers like literal tribute in the Hunger Games. She's like, I will do it. I will take that on. 
I will buy that gigantic black jasper tiger-shaped ring, which are ugly, by the way. They're ugly. They're not cool. They're not cute. They're ugly. They're thirsty. They're like so much money just to say, look at all the money I have, which at least Diana was aware of. I like that she wears a whole like zoo on her hands. I feel like if you're going to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Oh, and not to be that astrology bitch, but I feel like Diana's probably a Leo rising, and that's why she is confused about her sign. She's definitely more of a Leo than a Virgo, and I once saw an astrologist, and they said my chart was mostly Capricorn, even though my sign is Sagittarius, so I kind of felt her on that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about, can we please talk about Dorit casually mentioning that Sutton can only eat things mashed up like a baby? What? That was so weird. And then they just panned away. Something was like, yeah, I only eat, I like baby food. And they just panned away. And we went back to their dinner. Well, I guess Sutton went back to gumming down whatever she could find. But what? What a detail to skim over. And then I don't think Diana was inaccurate when she said Sutton is clumsy with her words and actions. I feel like even that's something Sutton should be able to agree on. Like, isn't she a little bit self-aware? I thought it was a very delicate way to say it. But then when she said you're weird and wrong, that was maybe... That maybe crossed a line, especially because Lisa was just as bad at Harry's birthday party, if not worse. Like she, Sutton was trying to apologize and Lisa was the one that was like, well, you were wrong though, because she's a maniacal narcissist and she needed to prove her wrong. So I don't really get why Diana's coming for Sutton. Oh, and then Erica being like, yep. After Diana says that she's clumsy with her words and actions, yep, all shit faced. Like, I don't think you should be speaking on decorum right now, babe. After you've had six vodka sodas and a Lexapro. And then she's just beaming that whole conversation when Sutton's calling, or when Diana's calling Sutton weird. She's beaming to herself like a cat watching a mouse be torn apart. Oh, and then Crystal's meltdown at the end. I feel like she was shit-faced. I feel like it was definitely like a drunk meltdown because she was like, this is not a safe space, which I feel like is what you say when you're like shit-faced and like hate everybody. But I'm glad she did it. They do, they definitely only care about each other and not the newbies. And they definitely gaslight left and right. So I'm here for it. Also, Kyle being like, she's a millennial. Like, ma'am, relax. When Erica starts in and Garcelle's like, oh, here we go again. Like, everyone felt that. Like, Erica, shut up. She makes every argument about her. And trying to make everyone's problems, like, come back to Sutton. Okay. Like, that makes sense. She literally joined the cast, like, a year and a half ago, babe. And then I actually thought it was sweet when Diana was like, oh, I'm her bodyguard. I have to go. And, like, immediately got up to leave with Crystal. But then she was kind of like, come on, Crystal. And I was like, oh, maybe she's maybe she's not being that nice about it. But I do like their their duo. I hope that keeps going. And then I thought it was so cute in the car ride home when Diana was like, your friend shouldn't make you feel alone. It was such a sweet thing to say. It's such a good way to put it. And she said it so genuinely. It was like so cute. But that is true. Your friend should never make you feel alone. Or your partners. Drew. Sedora. Who I know listens to the pod. All right, that's all I have for today. Hope you guys watched, listened, laughed, and loved. I love you guys. Bye. Is there anything no, no, you can no. eat here? I remember you said you have to wash everything up like a baby. Yeah. Well, I, so I like I like baby food.